For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? Welcome into All My Block Podcast and Green Bay Packer Podcast. I'm your host, Amon Green, along with my good friend and teammate, Mike Wall. Mike, how you doing? Hey, G, you can see that I'm in the, uh, I'm in the true uh, the true hotel by Hilton. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm on the road today, but uh, happy to be here with you. Hey, uh, some days those world trips are, it gets interesting. And we're just talking about nap time. So you, did you get a nap today or are you going to get Actually, one later? I, I just, no, I just, I just took a 20 minute nap today. I went out, I woke up this morning. I'm in uh, I'm in Lynchburg, Virginia, and I went I went, went to Liberty University. They got a great uh, program there, and I went and I worked out pretty hard. And then nice. I kind of watched them do their sprint stuff and all their training. It's it's fantastic. Their nice. coach, uh, their, their strength coach Dom, is amazing. Uh, the program he's got running. But I came back here, took a quick nap because I wanted to be fresh for this. And right. uh, I don't know about you, but we were just talking about it. it's like I, I don't feel like it's because I've gotten older because I feel like I should have been doing this forever, but. Like when I hit like 30, I was like, man, these naps feel pretty good. Like I take like a quick 15, 20 minute nap every day. And I feel amazing. Yeah. Those are cat naps. I know over in Europe, I've been to Barcelona. I don't know if you've been there yet, but siesta. they have, they have their siesta times. And I remember went going back there, going there in like 2015. And I noticed that the restaurants were shut down at certain times of the day. And I'm like, what's going on? And I actually talked to one of the that restaurant owners, it all, you know, they spoke a little English and told us what they were doing. You know, it's the siesta it, time. It's better now because they've kind of like made it, they've Western European American slash American anized <laughs> their, their culture because they want to make money. Right. They're like tourism. But I remember we went back, we were there and we were in Spain and like, you know, 10 years before that. And dude, at two o'clock, you weren't getting in anywhere. There was no. nothing to eat. No. And that was and like, then, I was, you know, 295. It's like, it's eating time. Every two hours was eating time. And right. I like yeah. full panic mode, just full. I couldn't be in Spain. I was, now I love it there now, but I can't be there. I couldn't be there 15 years ago when I was in 295 weight, full panic mode. Full yeah, I, yeah, I understand that full panic mode is when you, because your body, we, we know as trained athletes, our bodies are like on a clock. We know when it's time to eat, take a nap, whatever. It's like, all right, I need to eat something. It's going to be a problem. That's what I tell them. If I'm out with somebody, I'm like, look, I need food right now. I don't know what we got planned, but I need something in my stomach or it's going to be a problem. I'm just letting you know. Okay. If I get upset, don't be surprised. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I, I think last week I had to read. You could go knock it out this week, Mike. Yeah, man. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find out the, all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including NBA Summer League, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, you put $100 in, they give you $150 to, to spend. Use our promo code BELIEVE to bonus and get the action online 
where the game starts. Nice. So, yeah, uh, we got – so we're going into what we have for our Packer podcast. We're trying to pull stuff together because we only have another, what, week or so, and then we can actually talk about some actual tangible stuff. But until that time, we're going to take you down memory lane. So, Mike, what's your first memory of training camp here you have here on the The running show? The story I think I've told the, that I usually tell is is getting on the you know signing my contract. I'm a supplemental draft pick. I haven't been to any mini camps, anything. So my first time I wore a Packers helmet was week. It was either week three or week four of training camp. So that was the first mm-hmm. time I literally had ever been involved my, in anything in professional football. And that was so ninety nine. Like right? uh, that was ninety eight. So 98, so you think okay. about all. You got all the mini camps, rookies, symposiums, all that. I did none of that. I just showed up one day. They're like, here's a helmet. By the way, you're playing football again for the Green Bay Packers. Mike Holmgren comes, chews me out for holding out, hates me, hates my agent. Goes, but, but I'll tell you the thing that I, I really wonder why we get along is, so much. I was in that. Yeah. I've been chewed out by him. So, no worries. So, but the thing I remember maybe the most about that day, and I won't get into full details, but I remember after that first practice, my head was kind of spinning. And Frank Winters was like, come on, we're going to the bar. During training camp, I was like, what? You know, I'm, I'm a college kid. It's like, I'm not, I know what alcohol smells like. But I was like, what? We're going to go drink right now? And he's like, right, he's yeah. like we're going to the bar. We're having some Bud Lights. And remember, you always had to drink Bud Lights. And you, when you were Frankie, you were drinking Bud Lights. Bud Lights or, or bust, nothing else, Ooh. right? And yeah, so we're we're sitting there at the bar. I can't remember it's the bar in Depeer. I can't remember what it was. We sat down yeah. and you ordered a couple of beers. It's not we weren't gonna sit there and get drunk or nothing, but you know, to have a couple of beers. Yeah. People are walking in and you know, Frank the way Frankie talks to people and he's so he was so at ease with everyone who walked. It was it was one of those kind of experiences like, oh, this is like this is gonna be okay. Like this ain't this ain't a bad way to do business. Is this what we do every day? And right. that was not what we do every day, but true (laughs) he was frank winters was a character i was considered him he 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 wouldn't know this but i was considered him a mentor and a guy a mentor and a guy i really looked uh looked to and and, and learned a lot from so uh that that was kind of a i think that was a special experience for me yeah yeah frankie baker donuts he he just i know for him at that time he'd been in green bay for a lot of years and no surprise that he knew a lot of people then because i think i know i do events with him now and he comes back up and he's still chit-chatting the mayor yeah, He's still the mayor. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, what I'm about trying, you? My my first training camp moment, man. I was, you know, so I'm in Seattle. It's uh, 1998. Um, if we want to start from the beginning, but uh, so I just remember learning that Washington State had a desert because you know Washington. I think Seattle. I'm at mini camps. Where my family's from. Right, and all I think is rain clouds and the mountains and good scenery and you know not too hot weather, moderate. But then when we get to Eastern Washington over in Spokane, I'm like, what the H E what happened here? They're I forgot like, that you guys used to go over there. That's right. right. And I was like, this is this is not Washington State. I'm thinking I'm in Nevada somewhere. I'm like, I've been in I've been in Las Vegas. This is desert weather. They're like, no, it's when you get past the mountains, it's you it's go desert. over to Suquamish Pass. Man, it is and dry. it just stops. And, and and so so the so my dad's family is from like they're all cowboys. Like one of my one of my great uncles was like one of the like the, the original Marlboro man or something. No like that. surprise. That does yeah. not surprise me about we, you. The, there's have a that rodeo. <laughs> there's a rodeo in Ellensburg just past the Soquami Pass, halfway to Spokane. We were it, we were running. We were like carnies or something. I mean, hey, look at hey, bro, of hey, course bro, we, we were. We have so much in common. Let me tell you this real quick. So beyond my training camp story, what you just said, 
Now, your your great grandfather or relative was a, a, a cowboy. My mom told me that one of my great grandparents was a sheriff of a, in a town in Oklahoma or no Texas. He was the type of sheriff. He shot first, asked questions second. <laughs> I think that's what actually I think that's what they do now, unfortunately. But. Be, unfortunately, right? But but back then you had to. Back, back then, I guess you you definitely had to back in those days because you didn't know what was coming off that. So we got that in common. And then, like I said, um, so it wasn't training camp when Homer got in my uh, got it argued or got into you know my, I got on his bad list. It was like my it was my first training camp with him in '99 yeah. when he took over as the head coach and slash GM. And he just it, it came out through preseason. You know, I, I dropped the ball a couple of times on the ground, but it was just me. Like you said, head spinning, trying to learn plays. I got this new West Coast offense that I am excited about because I know what the West Coast offense is about. It's a good balanced offense. You could run and pass in it. And I fumbled the ball, like I said, in preseason a couple of times. I even called my agent and said, look, call the Mariners. Let them know I'll back up King Griffey. This is not going good. I, I got a bad feeling about this. I'm like, I'm going to be gone here after this. Mike did not game. like you putting the ball on the ground. No, man. he that didn't like it. Like, that was his thing. He just. So I knew that. resource. Exactly. I knew that. So I'm like, all right, man. I'm like looking, being real with myself. I'm like, I could be a Mariner right now, or I could be back in, in Omaha, Nebraska, you know, doing something, whatever I got to find. Um, but you know, there was 31 other teams that you could play for. True, true, but but like it's you know, like we're no, no, we're, but that's how we are, right? You get so right. dialed in, and then you and then it's like I, I remember when I was I, I just played turn, I was a human turnstile, uh, my third year, right? We talked about it before, and I just remember calling my dad, and I'm like, I'm like, man, I guess I'm gonna go work in your factory, and he's like, you know, he goes, because I, you know, I was getting benched, I just wasn't playing very well, things right. were going going like they wanted, and it's like it goes from you're like at the the top, and there, and then you. And then the cliff just goes straight down. There's no like, well, you could try this. You could just get better. You know, you can try. We immediately go to like grounds. Well, like, I'm going to be dead in like three days. So I guess it doesn't matter anyway. You know what I mean? Exactly. Or, yeah. I, I exactly know what you mean there. So I'm telling, I'm talking to Michael Black. He was the other running back in the room. He's like, AG, man, calm down. I was like, man, man I'm out of here, man. I'm going to be a Mariner or maybe I'm too short for basketball. So I can't play for the Supersonics. I'll just go back to Nebraska. I could maybe coach there, high school, maybe. You know, I'm thinking moderate level. What I love, what I love about you is just, it's just football players have this because we have to feel like we're invincible, right? But, but like you, you know, it's like you want to play rugby. It's like I'm just going to play rugby. It's just a thing that you do. And your this your assumption, like your thought process was, oh, I'm good enough to just back up Ken Griffey and the Mariners, or God, if I was just a little bit taller, I'd probably just play with uh, with Dale Ellis on the SuperSonics. Like it, it wasn't really that big of a deal. Like those right. guys really aren't. Like they, they don't do this the whole lives to be good enough to play. I probably could just walk in. I got right. like one of my best friends. I remember one of my best friends was a college wrestler. Okay. And he played rugby. And when when Tauscher blew his knee out, he came out to San Diego and I was helping him rehab and we were, we were doing some work and doing some field work and everything. Right. And my buddy was just wanted to help. And he was a, he's a big dude, right? And I remember I I wouldn't let him in the drills because I knew he was gonna go crazy. And he eventually he ran on the he couldn't help himself. He ran on the field and he the first thing he did, he played past rest Tauscher and like hit him in the face. Like we're not we're, you know, we're not with no pads, it's like conditioning drill. And like Tauscher's lips bleed and he's like, What the hell? You know, what are we doing? And I'm like, I just look at my buddy Tom, I'm like, what are you doing, man? And like, he just like he's like, ah and so we get in the car and he just he's quiet for a minute and he goes, he's like, he's like, I just know I could have played pro football. Like, like what? <laughs> I'm like, Rudy, you're a 215-pound wrestler. What are you talking about? He's like, I just know, like, I played, you know, high school. I just, 
I just, if I just would have decided, I could have played that. I could have been a pro. You know, we know, like, we have a mutual friend that, like, always says he played pro ball. He didn't, right. but he, you know, but it's a good story. And, he, <laughs> and he's always like, he's like, I'm just like him. I just could have played pro. And I go, you know, he didn't play, right? Like, that was all, it's, it's just a story. <laughs> you know? That's but, classic, right? But there. no, but it, it's, I just love that. I, like, I like to surround myself with people who are like, yeah, why can't I, why can't I do that? Like, that's, I'm just, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, that was a, that was a mindset, and uh, but no, they, as you as we know, the record everything got fixed. Um, I got through my '99 season, stayed on the team, and it led to here. But yeah, training camp. I say I say one thing about that rookie camp. You remember, you know, during my time here in Green Bay, you remember I would cramp up a lot. Yep. Um, yep. So my first cramp in Seattle, I almost probably died. Okay, because it took them an hour to find a vein to get the IV bags in me, and. And this is me being a really? rookie. Yeah, so this is what happened. Me being a rookie, and I guess the training staff, you know, I'm a rookie. They don't really have a whole lot of respect for me. I tell them before, like halfway through practice, I could feel the cramps coming. I'm like, hey, guys, like I go grab some water, Gatorade. I said, hey, to the head trainer. I said, can you get a couple bags ready? I, I've been getting cramps my whole life, so I know ones, they're, they're coming. So could you get a couple bags ready for me? And he's like, okay. And so practice over. I'm like locking up in my hammies, my calves, my back. I'm walking in like like a, a zombie now. And I'm like, it's here. And none of the bags are ready. None of the bags are ready. You know, they're like, oh, you like, were a big dog in Nebraska. But, not, not okay. But is that what it, that's where you're going to go to me? That's No, no, it's not. It's not me. I'm just telling you the truth. It's, that, right. That's how it is, right? Right. Like you got to prove yourself. Well, it's not that way anymore. But like back in the day, you know, you're if, back in the day when you were a rookie. There was still Ricky hazing. Yeah, you're going through all that stuff. The, the guys don't care. Mike and, and Holgren wasn't about Ricky hazing at all. But he's also like, you no, gotta, you're going to earn my respect, right? Until you earn my respect, you're probably not going to get theirs either. Right. So, I'm yeah, talking about get, the staff and everything, right? Exactly. So I get in there, and my the bags are not ready, and like an hour goes by, and I'm like, shoot me. I said, just shoot me, because every muscle of my body has no moisture. I said, shoot me in the head right now. Just kill. Right. That's what I'm y'all might. Just kill me. I said, this is how much pain. I, and you know me, Mike. I could yeah. take pain. I was like, just kill me. I said, because this is torture. This is this just kill me now. But obviously, I didn't. I'm still here talking. Um, but that was I was like, come on, guys. So now y'all know. Next time I cramp up, I'm real. I'm not messing around. This is not charity softball tournament round and third. <laughs> no, none of that. Right. None right. of that. Man. All right. Let's so hit, let's hit this back nine, man. So we got 17 it. games this year. We hit the first yes. eight. Yep. And uh, we're, we're gonna. I think. I think I'm. I'm at five and two, and you're at four and three, maybe, or vice. No, wait. No, it's five and that's three, not, and then six I and think two. I said like a little surprise with Minnesota, and yeah. then Tampa on the road, and and then the Buffalo Bills. So I know I had those three losses for sure. So that puts it at what? What's that? One, two, three, four, five, five and three, five and, five and three. three. So I'm six five and two. Three. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, and then so we start out. We start out with this. Uh, I think this. First of all, I think this back nine is harder. It's a harder, you know. Overall, I know you look at. We can look at. We got Tampa. You got you know Buffalo. They're gonna be tough games. Yeah. Vikings exactly. at home to start off with a new coaching staff that usually does. You know, usually is a, a, a tough game. But you know, we got a couple. Listen, let's let's do this this time, AJ. We'll go through the same the same process. Mm-hmm. But for if if you think that like there's no like I think we got a couple Bears games in here and I just wrote we got a couple right Bears now. we have the Vikings and we have the Lions we have two two Lions games here 
So the Detroit Lions, you think they're going to win one of these. So we're at the Lions for, for our, our, our ninth game of the season. You know, Ben Johnson, who a guy I worked with in Miami, a guy I really like, young young coach, um, right. smart, super energetic, and one of Dan Campbell's kind of quote-unquote guys. Um, you know, the question is, can a guy like that guy Jared Goff in a more productive season? And, right. and I would imagine – that in their meeting room, just knowing Dan and, and, and knowing like their their uh, their mentality because they're all like all the whole coaching staff's ex players, yep. their mentality's got to be hey listen we the first thing we got to do is is knock off Green Bay, right? That's what Lovey Smith did when he came in Chicago. Yeah, it was 100%. all about knocking off Green Bay, and that's how they kind of built their program. You you build your program in college around winning the uh, winning your conference. You build your right. program the in the team. pros about beating the best team, and that's and that's what the Packers are. So, I think. If anything, it's a good measure of how our trenches are going to hold up because I, we talked about it last week. I really think the Lions have a, a great offensive line with a uh, with with a great coach, and so we'll you know it'll, it'll be good to see. I, I think we're going to win, but you know what? I figure like we're always going to split one of these Lions games just because they're they'll it's it's they have two Super Bowls during the year. It's it's us twice. <laughs> right, right. But I'm gonna go the other way. I don't think they're going to win these these two at all. I think it's still. Um, a process of getting better, you know, even though you had the young rookie, um, uh, Aquaman St. Brown's brother, Amin Ra St. Brown had a great rookie year and the defense and everybody came around Dan Campbell at the end of the year for that team. And you got Aiden Hutchinson, you know, doing him, he's coming in camp serious this is about business. I just think they're still, they're not in that, um, I'll say that neighborhood to get two wins against the Packer team right now. Mm-hmm. So I see them, you know, playing good, playing hard for, for those games. And, and, and there, there could be a possibility big play happen here, here or there. And then midseason, then now you, you're kind of in your uh, flow of offense, defense. Players are in there now, you know, midseason form. And I say just overall, Packers got a lot more players that are, you know, higher, I say threshold players. No, they're, they're just better, play, they have better players. The quality is high, right? Exactly. I mean, I think the Packers are going to win too. Let me ask you this because this comes up and, and people love Dan because mm-hmm. he's biting kneecaps and, you know, he's a, he's a, you know, he's, he's just a guy you can't help but like, honestly, Correct. you know, like you Correct. can't help but like the guy. But with all that said, you know, we've been in these rooms before and the value that like the value that it, you can love your coach. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the value that the coaching, the coaching staff has for you is are they going to be able to make you the best version of yourself so you can perform at your highest level to help the team win. 100%. Right. And at the, and the end of all of this, it still comes down to: Are you able to outthink a Bell Belichick? Are you able right. to outcoach a Bill Callahan on on the offensive line? Right? Are you able? You know, is your quarterback coach going to develop talent, or are they going to run an offense like Sean McVay has been able to kind of develop some of these guys, or create an offense around a guy like Jared Goff, who had his best seasons in in, in Los Angeles? So, with all of the the love and, and the attention that you know Dan and that staff gets for for their personalities and well-deserved. And again, like I, I, it seems like a group you'd love to be a part of. I don't know how much that translates to on-field wins. Cause at the end of the day, you have to have talent. They don't draft and they haven't historically drafted very well. Yeah. And, and yeah, I a hundred percent agree because yeah, by having buy-in from the players obviously doesn't make it better, but at least from a coaching standpoint, they're listening to you. You know, that's, yeah. that's about it. Um, but so I see, I see lions losing these two games, but playing well, it's going to be some exciting games because of a rivalry game. So the next, uh, what's the next game on this list now? Cowboys. Cowboys. Ooh, we already know what's going down here. I know, yeah, I'm surprised it took this long. I'm does, surprised. Does it anyone believe long. the Cowboys can get it together? Honestly, like 
I don't know. I, I mean, Honestly, their I defense, their defense is totally like I love Dan Quinn. Like I think Dan Quinn is a really good coach. Right. But their defense is based on turnovers last year, and you like historically that is a you, know, you regress to the mean. So if mm-hmm. you take away their turnovers, they're no longer a good defense. I mean, not take them completely away, but you right. get them down to like a normal number, and they're not a very good defense. Correct. Right? And yeah. you know, Parson, Micah Parsons had an incredible year last year. Like, do I really like do I watching him? Do I really think he's going to follow that season up with the same sack production? Honestly, no, because be because tough. because people, people plan for him and, and like look, a linebacker only beats you once. You know, that just doesn't happen. Like, if you're an offensive lineman, like, you don't let a linebacker beat you again. And I'm talking about, like, literally ever in your career. Correct, right? correct. That only happens one time. And 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 Diggs, as good as his numbers are on the one side, you look at the other side in big plays and quarterback percentages against, like, throwing against him. Like, he's a feast or famine guy. You just wonder if that if that works out as, as far as being, like, an historically good tandem, like Aaron Donald and uh, Jalen Ramsey. I don't right. know if we're talking about at least at this stage. You'd have to do it for a couple more years to prove that. And mm-hmm. I, I'd be hard pressed to say that they're the same. I'd be hard pressed to say that they're the same two quality players. Although they're I, they're both all pros, they're amazing. They're, I mean, they're better players than I was. I'm not I'm not bad mouthing yeah. at all. I just don't. I don't know if that's realistic. No, I agree. It's not realistic. I'll just say this: it's not realistic. I think uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey and Arnold or uh, Donald are definitely on another level up. Um, Tavon has a lot to learn, just to where he's not looking and you know feet you know sitting on the route you know he has to make sure his game is more than i'm gonna get the picks off the easy quarterbacks because they're not reading properly and take advantage of that use your skill <clears throat> excuse me use his skills he's tall he's lanky he has the speed but then just be now find that extra level so he gets his uh, game up to where he's more than just a perennial pro bowl and he's all pro eventually that hall of flame level gameplay so i think that's where that young db could get better for that defense but as we know uh, Mike McCarthy's coming back to Green Bay. That's going to be the big – that's going to be the headliner for all this, um, you know, for all these players. And then, obviously, for Aaron Rodgers or any player, along with Aaron, which is a few players that played under Coach McCarthy, that's going to be the the selling tag for what is this? Is this a regular game or is this Monday Night Football? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. But, but Joe, Joe Philbin's running the line down there. They, they're, yeah, under, they're under a bit of a Rob, rebuild. Rob, Rob Davis is down there, too. He's on the yeah, roster but, as well. And, and so they've uh, – they're going to have – I think they're going to have – you know, a new – let me see. They're going to have a new right tackle because they got the, the Lael Collins left for Cincinnati. Um, their left guard uh, got signed somewhere else. So, I think they have a guy, Tyler Smith, the line guard. Left guard, excuse me. But, but uh, you know, Zach Martin's been one of the best guys in the league for a lot of years. But now you have Tryon Smith, who was was a shoe-in Hall of Famer a couple of years ago. But he, his injuries have, have hurt. Um, I don't think he's played an entire season since 2016. which wow. is I didn't we're going on, Now we're going on seven years. So – you know, between that and then what, how does that affect Ezekiel Elliott? Do they find a solution for Tony Pollard that makes him the kind of feature guy that like, how do they use him? How do they get him in more, even more involved in the offense? Because, you know, everyone knows they started great last year, but then reality kind of set in yep. and, you know, how do we get to a guy like Tony Pollard? Who's one of the more dynamic, you know, you look at him, you, you start thinking Debo Samuel a little bit as far as I think what his capabilities are mm-hmm. in, the, in the in the pass game and the run game. And, and how do you get that guy integrated in that offense more while having Ezekiel get his yards? Yeah. I mean, I've watched Ezekiel over the last couple of years and he just kind of, kind of just plateaued. You know, he's not doing, having the big explosive plays. I don't know if it's a, if he's fighting, if he's feeling the, 
the pounding from his first couple of years because he had a lot of carries his first couple of years as as a as a cowboy in the NFL as an NFL running back. Is he what? And my question to that is, what is he doing in the offseason? Is he how hard is he hitting those weights? You know, how hard is he conditioning? Because if he he's doesn't, gonna, he, he's going. It's, it's, his weight looks up and it fluctuates, doesn't it? it looks that exactly. Way. It looks that way. And so now, Tony Potter, like you mentioned, he's a conversation because Ezekiel not producing the way he was to earn that contract he got. And now it's like, all right, you got two starting running backs in the backfield. One we know when he's if he's on and talking about Ezekiel, he's pretty much the top back in the NFL, you know. But right now he's a question mark in terms of his, you know, looking like the guy he used to. If it's effort, if it's just not going back to that training style that he was before, um, what what's the you know that's the question that has to be answered. But I like Tony Pollard. He he's a good you know I say you know, a mix of back to go in there with Ezekiel, different size, different speed, but then also he helps out on special teams too. So, you know, with that offense, they still, they got weapons in the, you know, with CD lamb um, in, the, in the backfield. Um, Michael Gallup came out throughout the year, you know, where he was also being another deep ball threat and a guy making, you know, some really good catches and helping that, you know, having that press that have one, two punch, uh, I say two receivers to go to along with, with the run game, if it can wake up this year. But I say for this game, Coming in Lambo, I think it's still going to be, you know, Packers because that's a home, this home field, something that since Mike McCarthy, they have this make it a point to win their home games. And then that defense, as we talked about, the Packers defense, still one of the top defense in the uh, NFL. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think the Packers are going to win this game. Um, the coaching staffs, uh, unfortunately, it might be fun to watch them play, but they don't play. Right. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, it's again, when I think talent. Uh, I think talent, one can talent over talent consumes the other here. I think the Packers is just a much better squad, uh, particularly up front. And I think it's going to make a big difference in the game. Definitely. Definitely. So now we have, we go to the next week. We got the Titans. Yeah. Big man coming now. All right. Big we got coming. hopefully my back. Man, my man. So he's back. Hopefully by this part of the season, he's back and he's healthy, raring to go. This will be the biggest test for this Packer defense in terms of running, of stopping a run, a running back along with the offensive line that can block and open holes for them. And, and they have some offensive line issues as far as guys missing. Uh, Quisenberry actually filled in last year at right tackle, did a great job. It's so good that he, he's moved on and got another contract. Mm-hmm. Um, Roger Saffold, who's one of the one of the better guards in the league, is yeah, gone he was as at well. The Rams so have, for a long time. Yeah. Yep, so they have to, they have to fill, plug that hole. Um, you know, listen, the one thing about the, the Titans that no, no matter what hole they're in, you know, they, they're smart enough, and I think they proved it again last year in the playoff loss, that, like, Tannehill has had a great resurrection of his career there. I'm a huge mm-hmm. Tannehill fan. I was with him in Miami. You know, he's, he's just a guy that was dealt a bad hand, a series of bad hands with, yeah. you know, multiple different offensive coordinators and schemes and everything. And he's he's gone to a place and flourished. But at the end of the, at the end of all of that, you know, he had A.J. Brown. They got rid of him. Um, yeah, Julio Jones now. didn't. Julio Jones didn't really work out, and so now they have they have uh, they brought in the guy that we predicted as our first round pick, Draylon Burke. Um, they they brought him in. Robert Woods is going to be coming off that ACL, but he's coming over from the LA Rams. Yep. And you just wonder, uh, is that enough? I guess to spread the spread the ball around and keep it keep those safeties honest, so that even if they're down ten points, you know, thirteen points in the third quarter. This is a team that's not afraid to keep running it with that with that running back they have. And, and no, Vrabel has made that clear. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. made that clear in his time there. So, in, uh, you know, I, this is one of those games for me. If, if that guy gets going, you know, this is a, this is a great test for Darnell Savage and, and Amos. Can they can they make those tackles in the alley? 
something that we've been talking about here for, for a year. Um, and then I think the other, other thing on, on defense maybe is, is last year, Jeffrey Simmons at D tackle. Uh, and then a number of, actually their entire defensive line, but really Jeffrey Simmons kind of stood as a guy who was making a lot of plays. <clears throat> right. Uh, it, it, when I watch him, I think they're all really good players, but I don't know that he's a guy that I would game plan around. So it'd be interesting to see if he can back up. You know, I think it's a lot of a situational as far as they ran a lot of games or they, they, mm-hmm. they really fed against some bad offensive lines. Like they went into LA on a Monday night football game and just beat the brakes off the Rams because they yeah. had to drop back that game and, and made them look really silly. So I just wonder if he can follow that up against what I think is a much, a much, much better and improved. I think with the guys that are coming back, uh, Packers offensive line. But this, this will be a good game. Certainly, being at home is going to help us. Yeah, um, I, I and, take the Packers. Ag and potentially being at home and potentially, you know, inclement weather. It's November. It's mid-November. We know that time, but that's running weather as well. You know, yeah. so for for Tennessee and Mike Rabel and that offense, what he likes to do it's the weather for it. And, and he's proved that as a head coach, I mentioned that already, but then on that defense, that's what I believe the defense is, this is probably the best defense from a pass game standpoint to defend what the Packers are doing offensively, you know, passing the ball. So they'll have uh, DBs that will match up with Lazard, that will match up with Watkins, that will even match up to see where at this time of the season, where Christian Watson has developed as a rookie coming in and playing, because he's going to play right away. The question is, you know, he's going to probably rotate with Watkins. So, this defense here, I see because uh, Vrabel, defense being a defensive player, he has that team based around that defense, and that's where the run game comes into effect. So I like, you know, their chances in Lambeau, but um, again, I, I think this the uh, Packers defense this is a little bit stronger. So again, I'm gonna go victory here two for our green and gold players and coaching staff here. So we're both, right now we got we're all we're perfect in the second half so far. So. Yeah. And and I kind of and when I looked at the overall the what was left, I would say it's only and we're coming up to the games, but I kind of say this is time where the Packers will get on that roll, kind of like they did last year. And it started yeah. early, really. It started after that Saints game when they lost to the Saints. Then it was Lions, and I think it was the Vikings. It was two divisional games, and then boom, they were on that streak. So this is where for me, I see them going on that streak again, coming out of that Buffalo game, coming off the Tampa game early in the season. Um, so getting ready for the second half of the season here. And we got yeah, Eagles, have, Eagles up next here. Yeah, so we're at Eagles, and this is this is the game I think they might drop because okay. I think and and you know the Eagles are built to win in December. Uh, it's luckily it's a November game. I think it's the end of November, and, and we mm-hmm. were talking about you know great point. I think guys like having guys like Aaron Rodgers understanding that the doldrums of November, being able to make that push and get on that roll to yeah. go into to go into December, getting ready for the playoffs is, is something right. that uh, you know sometimes might need some veteran leadership that obviously the Packers have, but. Well, you're saying that too with a new coaching staff. You got Nick Sirianni as the new head coach. So yeah, you're... they've done a fantastic okay. job. The top rusher. Listen, they have. They're built to win in December because they Our run second year, the sorry, ball second year. Sorry, second year. Yeah, they run the ball and they stop the run. Okay, right? they're yep. going. They're going to test our guys in the secondary. Are you able to make plays? Because they have a fantastic offensive line. They have a fantastic scheme. Their Jalen Hurts is is their guy now. Mm-hmm. He's making plays. They have faith in. Him. They think he's a great leader. Um, he's on, so he's a player on the upswing. He's only, I, in my mind, he's going to have a, an even better year than he had last year. They brought mm-hmm. in Hassan Reddick from Carolina. Yeah, they brought in Hassan Reddick to go with Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox up front. I mean, they've got some. Wep- those are that. Those are no joke players. Those are players that are going to give yeah. you problems. Yeah, those Brandon. three players will give you problems up front. Okay, they have Devonte Smith. They have AJ mm-hmm. Brown now. They traded AJ Brown to pick up a, a, yes, a new AJ Brown two Yeah, you know, in Tennessee. They have Dallas Goddard, who's one of the more athletic receiving tight ends tight in the ends. league. They have Miles Sanders at running back. Like, 
it one of their players said it sounds like an all-star team. Like it kind of does. It like, does. It, Lane Johnson. I mean, they get the they got the Marlotta kid from uh, the rugby player that's like you know six foot ten, four thousand. I mean, the guy's a monster. Right. <laughs> right. They got tackle. You know, they got Brian. I mean, Brian Brown retired, but they, they're just they they still have Kelsey at center. They're just they're really really good, and they're a team that can just pound you and pound you and unapologetically they'll run the ball 60 times man they don't care yeah i say their only weakness last year was the the youth you know they were a young mm-hmm. team so now that young team has a year together jalen has now have another offseason to develop with their coaching staff develop with his coordinator to kind of you know because you know the best thing is when the offensive coordinator defensive coordinator they find those plays for that player their best player and be like all right, all right this is the play that's going to work for you pass and run tell me what you like so we could scheme this into the game plan weekly, you know, week over week. And the part I love is getting A.J. Brown. I'm still trying to figure out how did he get out of Tennessee? You know, how they even let him go? But knowing Vrabel, he's took his homework from, from Bill Belichick, knowing how to move guys and have a, you know, we only he only knows that rhyme or reason. That receiver me. market, that receiver market got so hot this offseason. Yes. And A.J. Brown, it, they listen, they knew A.J. Brown was going to command now $25 million plus. And you're just looking at it like, dude, we didn't slot for that kind of money. Yeah. And so they basically bought in the, through a draft pick another AJ Brown. Like we don't know if we don't know if Jones going to be as good as AJ, right? Because mm-hmm. AJ is a great player, but big physical receiver is going to be able to do everything they want in the game, and it, and it, it, it literally pennies on the dollar for what they were going to have to pay. I mean, you see AJ Brown goes there, he signs a, I forgot what the, the numbers were, but it was an absurd it, contract with, it was a big with the Eagles. And it's like, you just, you know, if if you and I go car shopping, you know, and yeah. we want to spend $40,000 and all of a sudden the shiny car over there, it all of a sudden jacks up to $60,000. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah, you got you to gotta make some tough decisions. Yeah, and, and and that's why I said he learned from Bill Belichick, knowing, understanding the what bills that get paid. Okay, we need to, you know, pay this, do this, but we can't, we don't need that, you know, and they moved on from AJ. But uh, I say... With this uh, being in, this is a uh, this is in Lampo. No, this is in Philly. This is, this in, is Philly. in Philly. So for you, trap game here. Um, yeah, this, is, this is a tough game. I, I don't know if it's a trap game or not. I just think it's. A, right. I think this is a tough road win. I think it's a really tough. I'm. I'm eventually, they're going to have to lose a game. Yeah. You know, it was, it, for me, it was between this game and the Rams. I don't think they're going to lose both, and uh, I, I think they're going to lose this game just because they're on the road against a team that. If you run the if you're gonna run the ball 40, 50 times a game, like right. I'm pretty confident. I, I was I'll tell you this until the cows come home. Man, you ran the ball 40, 50 times, like we're gonna win. Right. And so I gotta agree with you here. You know, this is gonna be the game that goes down um because it's a road game. And like you said, this this offense looks like or this team, not this offense, the team looks like an R-star uh, roster here. So that takes us into uh lamp coming oh going into Chicago uh, on the road, got the Bears. At their place, I'm just gonna. Say, I, I don't care about it at all. I think I think they're gonna win. I'm tired. Yeah, you, know, you can talk about it if you want, but oh, you no. know, it's it's just like it, yeah, it, it's really it's the Bears. Yeah. You know, yeah. young team. They do have. Do they have good players? Yes. Um, they have. You know, okay coach. Look at the, AG. Look at their roster. Like they really don't have. Like, Allen Robinson's gone, right? Right. We don't know what Justin Fields is. True. Akeem Hicks is gone. Uh, we talked about it last week. Their defensive, uh, both defensive ends are either gone or wanting to leave. Like they don't Quinn. really have a good roster. Nah, overall, I, no. Highlights. I, recognize, I recognize one not one name on the offensive line. One. I was going to ask you about their line, but when you say that, right, <laughs> Lucas Patrick. 
I look at it too, like Lucas Patrick, and he was here. Um, and only like only for me to run game, uh, David Montgomery, he's been a solid running back for them since he got drafted at Iowa State. So, I mean, I kind of get a little excited because Brian Pringle, he has some speed. He was with Kansas City in their offense, but he wasn't a starter. So now he's going to be a full-time starter. So that changes, obviously, mentality and workload for, for him. And he didn't have a full workload in Kansas City. He was rotating with a whole – basically, it was a track team with uh, Kansas City. Now he's going to be that starting guy, potentially number one guy. And so we'll see what the rookie Jones Jr. does um, there. So outside of that, yeah, it's just going to be a normal as, – as we've been watching through the last, I think, four years of, of Packers beating up on the uh, on the Bears and moving on to the next game. And uh, that next game is that Rams game that we're both talking about here. It's uh, in, <clears throat> the good thing here. It is in Lambeau Field. It's a late game on uh, I think that's a Sunday on December 19th. So a late kickoff there for them. So, again, I said this with the um, uh, let me look, go back to the Dallas or no, the Tennessee game. Inclement weather um, It's the L.A. team. But we know they're 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 pros. They're going to come play Aaron Donald. He played at Pittsburgh anyway. So I don't think that's really a factor but you'll just have that coming in just factually. Um, I think it's going to be one hell of a game. Where What are your thoughts on this, Mike? Well, I think Stafford himself has said that he knows the offense much better already, just having time there. Mm-hmm. So the expectations, he played even better. He had some he had, he had some up and down games during the, the course of the season last year, obviously played excellent in, in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. And, and he's, he's a phenomenal player. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see. It's very, very difficult, I think, for teams who won the Super Bowl to kind of stay up. So there's there's always that there's always that lag. Um, yeah, it is. Is that roster hold? You know, when the expectations change. Now Aaron Donald coming back and you know making sure to hold everybody accountable, being a generational talent that he is. I, I don't know if that that happens. I do think that I do think their offensive line's a weakness. Um, mm-hmm. They lost the guard <clears throat> to Carolina uh, Whitworth, who you know whitworth's an amazing human he retired all famer, but he, he you know he wasn't playing great football at the late but he's a locker room guy he's a leader and he's gone mm-hmm. and so they have to replace those component parts that are important we saw how they struggle when they get into drop back mode um they brought in alan robinson jr from from chicago he's he's a stud to replace brooks and and yeah. you know i don't know if obj is going to go back there you know, they, they, you know the, there's rumors that that's happening but they've got cooper cup they've got weapons um, their uh, Cam Akers is going to be healthy all year, hopefully. So he'll be there. And they brought in Bobby Wagner on defense, one of my all-time favorites uh, at, at middle yeah. linebacker. So Me too, he's going to help. Yeah, he's he's going to help. Just just from a confidence and play calling standpoint, he helps a ton in any defense he shows up in. Not to mention his incredible production. So I think they're going to be a good team. This is the game. You know, I had to pick. You know, you kind of you kind of see the Packers dropping one of these. I don't see him dropping two. So I, I have them winning at home versus the Rams for sure. Yeah, this was, this was my pick for getting the you know getting the L because mm-hmm. of just a, you know a team that this is midseason form team coming in and you know want to get that hunger back for the getting back to another Super Bowl and it could be on a high note. You know, Cooper Cup, I like the way he, the way he plays football. You know, he's a wide receiver, but he plays it gritty and he because he doesn't have the size, he has the tools and the technique and just that mindset to I'm gonna beat whoever's in front of me. He doesn't say it; he just let us his actions do that. And then I like Tyler Higby as a tight end there. And then Kyle Makers and the run game, Darnell Henderson Jr. too. Those guys uh, helped that offense flow. And hopefully they could be flowing here then. And uh, that's why I would take them. Rashawn Gary had a yeah. had his, kind of his, like, not his breakout game, but kind of like, hey, welcome, welcome world. 
here's who I am. Right. He he beat Whitworth for a sack fumble early in the game uh, when they played him last time. Yeah, last year. And it set the tone for the game. So, you know, I look for something like that as the same kind of dominance, I think, from from our defensive line versus these guys. And I I think it's a huge – it's probably the difference maker in the game. Right, potentially, potentially. So, yeah, I'm going to go Rams here. Uh, for my for that they come to Lambo and so and shock the guys, give them that midseason wake up call because then gets them on the road for that playoff push here in December. So next game on the list. So we're back. We're out. We're down. Oh my God! Late season in Miami, in Florida, it's gonna be definitely warm because we know what it's gonna be here in Wisconsin. It's gonna probably at least be twenty degrees by December twenty fifth by Christmas Day. So in uh, Miami, it could be anywhere from sixty to eighty degrees. And humid on top of that, so that's that will be a factor, but not a huge factor. But it will be a factor because this Miami Dolphins team, as you know, somebody a team you know very well, Mike. I'll let you take it. Yeah, so I think at this stage the Dolphins are either one of two places. They're they're either a complete disaster, or they're or they're right in the playoff hunt. And, it, right. and it, you know, I'd I'd flip a coin. Um, I don't know if anybody outside of Miami and maybe Alabama thinks that two is going to be the guy to right. play well. Like I, I just. You know, personally, I just don't see it, but I, I think that new coach is is going. I think he's really smart. Um, I don't know. It sounds like you know he's he's it's a follow the, the dictator coach, and he's going to do things a different way. Usually, guys like that doesn't always work out. Um, so we'll have to see about that. I'll tell you just from experience. All right. I'll tell you something. Not the weather that does does uh, opposing teams in when oh, they yeah. come down Miami. It's the nightlife. Oh yeah, I know. That's where you were. I knew where you were. <laughs> been more than a couple times where we see like the middle linebacker throwing up on the field from the opposing team because he was out partying that night before. And these guys have a ton of weapons. We know about Tyreek Hill. We know about Jalen yeah. Waddle. Um, they, they've got they, there's offensive line was Chase, the worst in the league. Chase Asman, that running back. Yeah. Got him they're, now. they're still they're still awful at, up up front. I don't really you know, listen. Xavier uh, Xavier Howard's one of the best DBs in the he, league. Yeah, he's a phenomenal player. I, I don't know that they've drafted well overall you know, outside of him and maybe a, a handful of other guys, but they've got some good, not great players in the box. Um, but, you know, it, it's a lot of scheme stuff that I think, honestly, I just don't think like Aaron Rodgers gets fooled. No. So when you're playing against scheme stuff, like AG, you know this, right? When you see a defensive line moving around and doing all this like nonsense, it's actually mm-hmm. for us. It's kind of a confidence booster because we're like, "Oh, they can't play with us, so they have to move around." And we right. know, and you know, that when somebody turns their hips to the sidelines, it's easier for me to push them vertically. And when I can push them vertically, you have a much bigger hole. So we exactly. get really excited when this stuff happens. But mm-hmm. if if you're not prepared, you can see. Like I remember they played Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. I think last year before he, you know before he got you know hurt, mm-hmm. and he get, they they just all out blitz dominated didn't have a pickup scheme for him and it hurt right. them. But I just don't like, you don't see that happening against Aaron Rodgers. So I think this no. is a win for the Packers. No, I agree with you. Win here for the guys. I mean, I, I just say, give a big shout out to Daryl Bell. We got Daryl Bevel down there coaching quarterback. So maybe he could bring some uh, experience. I don't know what, what he could bring to Tua and other quarterbacks on that staff, but he's going to have a home, uh, not a, not a nice homecoming. I'll say that for Daryl Bell because he played at Wisconsin and coach during our time here at green bay i think that would be the only cool thing to see him um but yeah they definitely uh, walking out of here with an l so go ahead and down to we're almost two games left here the first one is on uh new year's day and in minnesota so it started the season with minnesota going to minnesota now minnesota coming to the pack so 
now is the end of the season. So what 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 are the potential changes here for these guys? This could be this could be for playoff season, right? I yeah, mean, the, the, the Vikings, you know, the Packers benefit from being in the NFC North and getting to play the Bears and the Lions twice a year. So mm-hmm. do the Vikings. Exactly. Right. And so this could be a game that has a lot on the line. Um, you're you're going to get the Vikings best, and the Packers are, are I'm sure either playing for the, you know, the number one seed, the number two seed, playing yeah. for the division. But, you know, they're trying to they're trying to make their way into the playoffs. And so this is one of those games that is actually on, you know, on paper right now. We're not sure how exciting it is because we don't know what we're going to get from Minnesota. But we have to assume they're going to be fighting for second place, fighting for fighting for a playoff uh, uh, spot in the up, in the upcoming you know, 2023 playoffs. So I think this is going to be a big game. It's going to yeah. come down to – Luckily, you know, I think this one we're at home. Um, you know, the Kirk Cousins versus Aaron Rodgers narrative, and can can Kirk Cousins, you know, finally kind of earn one year of that paycheck? As far as like, you know, right. not being a oh, you know, he's a good player, no, he's a good player, no, he's a good player, but like, oh man, this is the reason that our team is going to the playoffs. This guy's a difference maker. You know, I, I don't think it's going to happen in Lambeau in the end of December, but no. stranger things have happened. True, true. And I, I just know for the Packers defense, they know Kirk Cousins very well. Um, they played against him, in, especially at home. They played better against him at home than in Minnesota. So I'll say they definitely will have his number there. And then, you know, offense, he does have the players and weapons around him. But obviously everything flows through Kirk. If they slow Kirk down, then Justin Jefferson is not a problem. Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne, those guys are not an issue because the quarterback can't get the ball out or is uh, – disrupted you know by the d-line stuff like that so i'm again this is for i say for yeah for me too this is probably most likely going to be a loss but yeah it, it could be a lot riding on this game because the first half of the season we don't know we'll find out how that would go and then come this game come january 1st this could be a big game so now we got detroit to finish up the route out the season coming in wrap up the season coming back coming into lambo now so we got these lions who we just talked about and it's just going to be it's, like I said, it was just two games that I, I mentioned earlier in the show that is both of them going to be Packers because there's a lot going on in Detroit, as we know. <laughs> okay, so this why, first of all, didn't we have to play them the last game of the season last year? Because yeah, this, was, is, yeah. this is where I'm going to give I think I'm going to give the Packers the L based on last year. Yeah. Oh, true. I mean, because because if we wrap up the if we wrap it up, Lafleur's yep. not going to play That's our starters. Yep, I don't think Jordan right. Love is good enough to beat their first team. That's their Super Bowl. They want to go off and you know. Co-op this be the, the game, correct? The whole thing. it's gonna be a huge game, just like it was last year. It's a big game for them. It's not a big game for us because we're we're already probably locked into whatever seed we're in in the playoffs. <laughs> All right. And honestly, like, they're Detroit's an improving team. Our second team is not going to beat them. Our second no. team quarterback is not going to beat them. So, so you know, we got that being said. I'm, I'm that's the L. I, I have two the L's L. in the front and two L's in the back, and that's it. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I wasn't quite thinking ahead, but yeah, if they are already clinched. Won a division, right? So yeah, last year was the the backups doing their thing for the first. I think Aaron started the game, but then Jordan Love came in and finished the game and ended up losing. But it didn't matter; they were already in. So I would say this would be the other if that is the case. If uh, Packers, you know, are in the position they should be in, playing the football, high quality football, they win a division. Then yeah, that is uh what is a loss for the Packers, but they're already in the playoffs, and now we could take this on to. Uh, trench warfare so we got some camp matchup battles to watch so we're gonna start here with the whiteouts um coming off the line here lazard watson and uh watkins watson and watkins well it's gonna be a a tongue twister there for this uh 
of this season coming up, Mike. So what's your thoughts there? Yeah, just trying to figure out who's going to be that number one guy. Obviously, you know, it sounded like with Aaron Rodgers talking that maybe Lazard has that inside track to be the number one guy. I'm just – I think everybody's just super, super interested to see what Christian Watson brings to the table. Mm-hmm. Just because the athleticism, small school kid, we talked about it before. If you're a small school kid that 6'5", runs a 4'3'6", you weren't always that way. So you got a lot of other tang- intangible qualities, excuse me, that mm-hmm. I think play big in the NFL. <clears throat> and it just – we'll see what his learning curve's like and then – Look, Sammy Watkins was a first-round pick for a reason. He was mm-hmm. a great player with the Bills when, until he got hurt. His injuries have has hurt him during the during the course of his, his career. But we've got guys that it, – it's just – it's kind of an exciting time. Like, you, you lose the best receiver in football. That sucks. But you do look at this now and go, well, gosh, we, we, we have some options here. And it's not like Aaron, Aaron knows how to throw it to a lot of different people. That last game against San Francisco when – a lot of you know, a lot of experts say that he locked on to one target maybe more than he should have towards the end of the game because that's who he trusted. Um, we we don't have that option anymore. So this is you know this this camp battle is going to be the one to watch. Right, and I believe that will help bring Aaron's game to not saying he didn't have it in the game, but where he basically uses all the options that are out there on the football field, where in certain you know tight situations or must play you know big play situations like they had again the early game against the 49ers that he he hit Devontae with over the middle to get Carson or not Carson uh, Mason into the uh, field goal range so now he gonna have to you know go that whole palette of receivers of that he has out there so to have these three guys I think these are three great options in Lazard Watson and um and Watson and so Lazard I like the fact you know he's here he's been here for a while so he definitely has the trust there so there's nothing that has to be built um between him and Aaron it's just now Watson and Watkins they just you know I say they're they're just going to be behind a little bit just because you know it's a new team you know they got to learn plays they got to get the get the flow learn Aaron Aaron has to learn them so I'll be that'll be the biggest you know differences between their practicing and game playing come preseason ball and then also the regular season so for them you know like I said they got a good crew of guys right there good leadership too as well and so if you look if you look at that second tier now, yep. you know, you got Amari Rogers and Romeo Dobbs that, that, are, that are coming in, the rookie coming in battling. And, you know, not, not anybody's really talking about Amari Rogers because he didn't have a great year last year. No, he's just mostly uh, special teams. That was about it. Yeah, and, and special teams were the, the weakness of the, of, of the Unfortunately. Of the team. Um, I think he only had four receptions last year. Yeah, but you just – right. Romeo Dobbs, you know, something that, that I didn't know until I started doing some research for this, he led the country in, in deep, deep ball touchdowns last season. So college, the kids right? got a little something to him. And, um, you know, contrast that, when we were supposed to have Amari Rogers on the show, he he was a no-show for us. So we're <laughs> trying to get him on. Yeah. Uh, he did come into camp. He had said, look, and we kind of noticed this last year, he looked a little bit thick, lack of a better word. He's come in better fit. He's, he's, he rearranged his physiology a little bit. So he's, I think he's in a better physical space and a better head space. And right. listen, we need to be able to put, multiple receivers on on the field at, at different positions that slot position is going to be open and i know randall cobb's there obviously but it'll be interesting to see how those guys battle yeah i mean and for rogers he has that running back build so he could be the way lafleur likes to mess around with different players going in in the backfield handing it off doing reverse plays he could be that guy there and for romeo dobbs you know just you know being even though he was in a you know small conference being in, in where nevada is at but he was able to the, whatever coach he had to develop his talent and size in terms of his size as well, because he has the, the 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 I say the word though to come off the line and you know and break press coverage when he's on the um, 
uh, is it goal line, know how to run those routes to get open because those quick routes, you can throw a flat ball to get that, that like a corner route, you know, that the, that beats the DB. So he has those tools already. So hopefully he can continue to develop that at this level. So that'll be a really good battle. And, you know, I could give, I say I could give my head nod to, to Romeo because he just has the, the height advantage and just more what he did at the college level than Amari because Amari was at Clemson. He had a lot of good players around him really only had a few times to shine there. And then Romeo had a place where he was kind of the top dog. So he can get 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 back to that feeling. You know, and he'll be a guy that, that could potentially stand out for the young rookie uh, receivers here, here in Packers training camp coming up. So coming up now, we got the D linemen. So we got Wyatt, Reed, and Lowry here, Mike. So what's your thoughts here? We're just trying to figure out who emerges that kind of a, we'll call it a two-down starter. Right. Instead of a three-down starter, because I think with the rotation now, one of you know, I think Kenny Clark's a three-down player. I don't know if I don't, yeah. you know, Dean Lowry was a three-down player last year. Um, I don't know that he's going to be a three-down player with, with with Wyatt there now. It's just and you know, just we'll see how that. We'll have to see how the the backup defensive end slash linebackers uh, emerge as far as pass rushers. Yeah. But Lowry was a good player for us last year. He had his best season. Um, people are kind of dismissing him because they brought in Devontae Wyatt with the first with the first yeah. pick. They brought in Reed from I think Kansas City, and he's a run-stopping guy. He's a he's a space eater. He's a guy that can like. You can put him in. It's just you know, just like Ted Washington or you know uh, the guys that we tracked to trade, the guys that we played against. Yeah, big guys. You can put them in, and they'll just kind of be there in the in the game. You know, kind of taking up space, not necessarily rushing the passer, but holding their own in the ground game. And they'll be there for 30, 40 plays in the game. Before you know it, they've got a ton of snaps. So with these guys trying to figure out who's gonna, I mean, obviously Lowry probably starts the season at number yeah, one. But I agree. I'm really interested to see what their what their rotation looks like. And the other thing is too, we play we we start out usually in, in that three four look or we're five two depending on how you want to you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But these three guys are looking at two spots, and yeah. you would think Reed's going to be there. And they're playing nose tackle um, early on. That's just that's just kind of his build. But I'll just be interested. This whole thing is going to be kind of we have a wealth of talent at the receiver position that is kind of when I say that it's kind of an unknown. Um, the unknown outcome right now because even yeah. we talked you just talking about Amari Rogers you know, with, with all the the in the backfield stuff you can do we have Aaron Jones too you know what I mean yeah. it's like yeah. there's only so many things we can do and, and with these guys you bring in you know, Devontae White's going to see the field as a first round draft pick like we know this Dean Lowry deserves to be on the field he played great last he year we it. know yeah. that he's, he's been, a, it. Been, been a player in this league so there's only so many spots guys you know there's a we you know this better than I do because I wasn't a rotational player. That we mm-hmm. you know, just by by nature, running backs rotate more than offensive linemen. Right. But you want to get into a groove, and 100%. when you are taking, 100%. like, if you're rotating with one person, so there's two of you, that's one thing. If you're rotating with three people, that is a whole different thing that does not play well. If you're trying to get into the groove, does it? A hundred percent. It it does it because when you're not when you got three people rotating in a you know even though real time is an hour or, or, or game time is an hour gameplay but obviously you do actual time it's three four hour of football being played and you have those plays that are being counted by somebody on the sidelines and you're rotating guys to get out of three rotations you're not going to get a whole lot of plays maybe one two snaps defensively to get a guy in there and you don't want these guys if i'm the dc and I got Dean. Dean, you know, he's my one guy for one. I got a lot of confidence in because I've seen him develop, yep. being a great leader and a hundred percent effort type player, but also knows my scheme. 
Um, Jaron Reed, you know, coming in from another team, but all the teams he's been on, he's been a guy who's, who's been disruptive. He's done uh, what his job is supposed to be doing at a DN, cause problems in the defensive, in the offensive backfield. The only one, you know, Devontae White, just see how he developed in training camp, see what he knows. You know, obviously we know his talents there because he played at Georgia. Georgia had a great defense, great defense overall to get all a whole bunch of their guys drafted. So now let's see what that talent is like. So that's the question mark for him. Not, you know, this is that could go either way. It could be like, oh, my God, he is the next Kenny Clark back there. Now we can, you know, bring him he's in. Got, he's got the physical traits. He played exactly. four eye in the, in the Georgia defense. You just he pops off the screen a little bit with his physical attributes. But, you mm-hmm. know, as you know, as, as, as we know, that has to translate when you put the pads on. Um, exactly. I'm pretty sure it will, but I don't know where that leaves these other guys. You know, and this it kind of goes into our next one. Yep. You have a guy with Dean Lowry who isn't necessarily as athletic, but that doesn't mean he isn't as effective. And it's just factors for the Packers staff to go: Are we trying to play the best player now, or are we trying to head this guy because he has a higher ceiling athletically than maybe a Dean Lowry does? True. And then, and that is a slippery slope. That could become a slippery slope. Yeah, right it's, it's a problem. It's a problem. It could league. become a problem, right, in the league overall. But yeah, here on this team, I think you go. You know, you they. I believe they got to go with Dean just because of his experience and what the what he's done over the last couple of years. So the next bunch of guys are two guys here. So we got Quai Walker, uh, Quai Walker, the first round draft pick, linebacker out of Georgia, and then Chris Barnes, the veteran who, who solidly, along with Devon uh, Campbell, you know, led the Packers defense and doing their job as, as linebacker. So where are you at here, Mike? Well, I just, I, you know, the question, Walker, again, first round pick, and we, we talked about it last week. I'm curious to see because of the athletic talent and the draft pick status, do we tailor the defense for Walker? Or is this kind of a fair fight where they go in and say, hey, this is what we run. Whoever runs it best is going to play. Mm. In which case, I put my money on Chris Barnes. Right. If it's if it's hey, we're switching things around because we have this this what we think is a unique talent. talent right. And we're going to do things differently than we used to. Like we talked about last week, we're not even going to have a dime package anymore because we think he can he can be in there the whole time. Then it'll just be interesting to see how they utilize that guy. And yeah. If a guy like Chris Barnes, who we've had players come on and say this is a leader on our team, this this guy fulfilled a leadership role and played at a high level, and we week in and week out. Where he was jumping off film as, as a guy for us that was a very sure tackler, a physical player, a guy that mm-hmm. made his presence felt on the defense. Like, I want to make sure that this guy gets a fair fight. I'm not saying yeah. he's not going to play more than Quay Walker. I'm not, I'm not saying any of that. But I'd hate to see a good player lose an opportunity because a first-round draft pick came in. Correct. And I agree with that because the guy that already produced, you already know what he's going to do in terms of Chris Barnes because he did it last year and the year before. So go with somebody you know. But just until that time, let that player, you know, work his way up. Quay Walker, you got to just like anything else. I know during our time it was a thing. You earn your position and you because you get out there practicing, watching film, and then showing what you can, showing that ability coming out. You know, for us as coaches, just like, look, you got to prove it to me. You know, if we were coaching, <laughs> I know. And, yeah. and, and, and then that's the way it should be. You know, just uh, like you said, don't, I'm not giving it to a kid just because he was our first round draft pick. Um, you can't tell me from the front office and come downstairs to me and be like, hey, we got to put this. Uh, no, um, he hasn't showed me this, this and this. You want us to win games? You want that position to hold hold water? Um, then you, they got to do this. The guy in front of him, Chris Barnes, like I said, for me, he holds water. He's done his job year in and year out so far. So it's, I mean, these are all going to be some great battles at all these positions. Can't wait to 
hear the real stuff because right now we're trying to pull stuff out of air what to talk about so we're going to take it over to get off my lawn and you have some fun stuff here and you got to explain this first one to me because <laughs> i'm reading it i'm like what is going on with the raw so i was reading this article in the wall yeah. this morning they were talking about how you can get on a carnival cruise line for about the same cost as going to a motel six okay so the that, cruise that, obviously like that, that is comedy lines. just just the oh line yeah itself, just you think about comedy. it and so and motel six was like the one when you were in college you remember you go to motel six when you're going to a concert and you and your buddies would get one room and you yep. fill the, the bathtub up with ice you throw all the beer in there yeah, <laughs> you tailgate in the room and you go to the, the cotton one. Anyways, that's yes. what we used to do. So that's what I think when I think of Motel Six. I was like, oh, well, so I've been a part of that one night, one time. Yeah, one time. So Carnival Cruise Cruise Lines now is is about the same price as going to a Motel Six. So I listen. I'm not a cruise kind of. I, I just don't know if I can be set. I still don't think I can sit on a cruise ship for any number amount of time. I've seen now through COVID, through some other things, where they they, they get like you know stranded out off the port it's a bad idea to be on a cruise trip yeah right you, sickness unfortunately it's anything fun. can happen and i'm just like man i'm still not going i don't know about you i'll just go see at the motel six i'll get the case of beer the ice i'll find a rock concert to go to i'll call it a day hey hey with that being said yeah i'm joining with you at that rock concert. Who, who are we going to who are we going to see that's all I was oh, okay saying. so yeah if we're going to if we're talking about that so i heard motley cruise uh i heard motley cruise playing again yeah, they're playing. They're going to. Uh, they're going to be in Miller Park on uh, there July seventeenth. Right July seventeenth. Man, you find the Motel Six, I'll get the tickets. <laughs> I love it. That is amazing. And for the cruises I've been on up until COVID, everything cruise lines were pretty good, you know. Mm -hmm. But obviously, there is the little, you know, the uh, I say the sickness part because you touching, grabbing stuff, the the doorknobs, and people don't watch that. You know how that happens. That happens. That was happening before COVID, so I can't even imagine getting on a cruise now post COVID. And then, yeah, I remember some of the cruise lines. The one I went on was a Packer fan one. We went on a few, uh, two years before COVID. And then right after that, that's when all the cruises were like, you know, dropping anchor in the, you know, punching holes in the bottom of the, of the ship and sinking halfway on the tour. It was like, what is going on with, with cruise ships? Unfortunately, man, they are fun when they functioning, right? You will like the trip the, some of the cruise lines I've been on with Norwegian, they have a all you I don't know. Are you a pizza guy? I'm not, but I you can convince me, yeah. Okay, pepperoni pizza is 24-7, baby. And ice cream. Soft serve chocolate and vanilla ice cream 24-7. Boom. See, this is this is why you, you play running back and you're all ripped up eating pizza and ice cream. It makes me sick of ice cream. Hey, and you go all hours of the night, you know, you just jump up. Oh, I'm gonna go get a pepperoni pizza right now. Just letting you know. All right, AGs. Here, right, here's this one. All right. So my I'm part of this. Uh, I'm ready for this one. I like this one. I'm part. I'm part of my my fantasy football leagues. All my NBA buddies are from all over the world, right? So they're right. and a lot of them are rugby players, ice hockey players, and so this this poll came out. I, don't, I can't remember how they did it, but they based it on like five factors: speed, power, right. um, mental aptitude, okay. uh, competitive mindset, you know, difficult diff, degree of difficulty, hand-eye coordination, and it was the most difficult sports to, to be you know good at. And the top three mm. were. Boxing, ice hockey, and football. Really? Okay. And I just wanted to know, I just was curious what you thought of that because I mean, my ice hockey kid was, of course, like, oh, see, I told you. And I was like, dude, of course, I, I mean, ice hockey has got to be the most difficult sport because you guys are skating, the puck, the whole thing. Yeah. We're just like, there's not that many people that do it. There's a, there's, you know, there's a 200 million people that play, you know, soccer internationally. There's right. 10 million people that play ice hockey. I'm just saying it's not as competitive because there's not that many people. But no, I mean, said that, 
boxing because you're it's mono mono. I get that, but then if it's if boxing's number one, like MMA was like sixteen. I'm like MMA is harder than boxing. Right, that don't make sense to me. And so yeah. yeah, I don't I don't quite agree with this. I mean, I do. I respect boxing as a sport. Hell yes, a hundred percent. I respect it because of obviously what you got to learn and do, and obviously not get your head bashed in every time you're out there. Um, but in terms of comparing it to ice hockey, football, and then you think, like you said, MMA. But then I think about between rugby um, uh, games, like some of the international games that are not as popular here in America. So there's sports that, you know, that are Trump, some some of the, the I say, techniques, things you got to learn. Um, where was baseball at? That's just my question. I can't, saying, I can't recall. Yeah, I can't recall. But I, I was, I'm trying to, I was just trying to figure out this way. If you're at the yeah. absolute top, of your, what, what's the hardest thing to be at the absolute top of the game, like the pro level? Because one of my like one of my guys said, well, nobody's beating Usain Bolt, so that's what running's got to be the hardest thing. And I go, no, well, yeah, but not really. Like it's, it's not hard. No, the yeah, training it's not, it's not hard like that, right? Right. Like it has to be a confront a confrontational sport is going to be harder than a non confrontational. Like if it's Correct. me versus you, that's harder than me versus a judge or a, yes, you know, a track or something like that. So I would say that. But then, you know, I didn't think football would be three because. Your skill set and my skill set are different. Running, you know, quarterback skill set is different. Yeah, you know, so but we all have to be physical. Um, but I would also say that football is a lot harder than rugby, even though every one of those guys has to be generalists because the athletes yes. in football are so much better, right? So yes. they must have they must have looked at this like, okay, boxers probably on par are probably better athletes right now on par than MMA guys. Hockey's just hockey is really really hard. And then they look at football and basketball, and they're like, "Okay, well, basketball is a difficult sport, but it's not as violent. Football is so violent, so athletic." Correct. I mean, I was over at this. I told you that I, I was over at watching these guys work out today. Right. It's like you get so jacked up, man. Do you remember like how much harder football players train to play football yeah. than other sports train to play their sport? Like yeah. it's it's like it's I I've soccer players may train hard, and it's a lot of time, dude. It's nothing. It's not even close to as hard as these kids are training for football. No, no. I remember football training days, high school, you know, between this, the wind sprints or running the hills or dragging a tire, flipping a tire uh, for strength, along with the lifting we already did in the weight room. You know, mm-hmm. I remember my fat first time where 225 set me down and I ended up doing a front squat, you know, and I, <laughs> I was like, oh, OK, uh, this is this is a full on squat right now because it was my the heaviest. I was a soft, I was a junior and it was the heaviest I actually cleaned and was able to get it. But then it set me down and coming out of that along and then go outside and we run eight, two hundreds, you know, an hour later, we're on the track doing that, which was definitely not good. But yeah, I was going to say that part, part, part of it is the, the ineptitude of a lot of our coaches back in, especially in our generation, yeah. just trying to like, you know, it's like Bear Bryant didn't want you to drink water. So we've come a long way, but it's still, these guys spend a lot of time, man. It's, it's impressive. It, Definitely put in a lot of time. So head on to this last one here. Scratching my head on this one too. Okay. So I just heard. Where did you find this one from? That's all I want to know. I uh, did. You know, I was. I you was go down that rabbit hole on Twitter, don't you? It's that Twitter rabbit no, hole. No, no, no. Oh. I, I actually heard this on I think like Rich Eisen Sports oh, okay. this morning or, or like Barstool Sports or something. Cool. Oh, that, so, that's no so, surprise. So Zach Wilson, the quarterback for the Jets, uh-huh. he breaks up with his ex girlfriend. His ex girlfriend starts dating his his college roommate or his college, his best friend from college who plays for another pro team now, wide receiver. Right. And then she says something like, it's good that the, it's good that BYU is the Cougars because Zach Wilson's been 
sleeping with his mom's best friend for or was or is or something or was or is. and i'm just like i'm just like you know my immediate thing is and this is the night this is me growing up in the 80s and 90s thinking like okay Zach Wilson's sleeping with his mom's best friend. My immediate thought is like, they're both of age, so I can't get in trouble. Is this awesome or not awesome? I don't is it know. awesome or is it not awesome? Is it awesome <laughs> that Zach Wilson's sleeping with his mom's best friend or is it not awesome? I'm as not, as he's like, not, I'm not he's really not, sure. I'm not really sure either. Like if he's, if it's just them two, you know, are they exclusively doing their thing? No, I can't. Well, yeah. And here's the, but here's the other thing. That He's I not cheating on anybody funny. type thing. Wow. You know, who knows? Right. <laughs> but here's the other part of it. So I had a, we had a guy, I'm not going to disclose, but we had yeah. a guy whose girlfriend was like, so his college teammate roommate. Right. Okay. So his girlfriend was sleeping in, you know, so there's roommate A is in door A. Mm-hmm. Our guys in door B, right. some guys in door C, right? And then one the girlfriend one. was going into room A for like three years, right? Dating the other guy. This kid gets drafted higher. She shuts door A and walks over to door B. Wow. Oh, and then, I mean, you man, AG, bad. we found out, like we found out in the meeting room. Like that. that in that meeting out. room? Oh my because, God. Because they had the blues. There was teammates from college on the team. And like, you know, oh, dude, we were, it was, our minds were blue. It was, yeah, yeah. How long did y'all go on that? That's all I want. It never stopped. It honestly, it never stopped. I, I was going to say, once y'all thought, got I, some. If it would have been in Green Bay, the, if we would have been in Green Bay, if like oh, Flanagan would have, and Marco would have found out about oh, that. Oh, it wasn't here. Gotcha. Gotcha. I would have found out about it. I would have found out about it. I would have found out about it. No, AG. If that happened in Green Bay, we would all found out about it, and we would it would have been a locker room conversation, not a meeting room conversation. It would have been a locker room conversation. Al Harris, Mike McKenzie would have had something to say. Everybody, yeah. So I'll say this for Zach: if everything's consensual, they're above age, they grow grown people. It's awesome. It's awesome. Now, what about his girlfriend skipping town to go date his best friend? Okay, that's that's not old as hell. That's not awesome. yeah, see, but you know, it's like I, I just kind of me, I kind of go, that's eh, kind of good for her. Like, well, oh, if she, if yeah, but she, yeah, she's broken up. Hey, she got to do her. She got to do her. You know, I have nothing, I have no problem. It's just you know, for Zach, it's not awesome. You know, he has to hear about it from his teammates. You know, I mean, no, but see, here's well, there's a we can get like if you had a couple cocktails now, it's, yeah, it's, there's gonna be some real interesting bar conversations if that yes. goes any further. I yeah. had a buddy, I had a buddy who got married. Uh, Let's just put it this way. So, you know, you go, you go into the church and there's pews in the church, right? And the first right. pew is all the family and then all his, like, best friends are in the second and third pew. Right. So they're walking down the aisle and my buddy, my my ex-roommate's sitting in, in the third pew. And he goes, he goes, this wedding, I go, how's the wedding? He goes, he goes, I swear to God, it's the weirdest thing in the world. The bride had slept with everybody in the second and third pew except for me. It was really awkward. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was like... That's so fast forward like seven years later, we're all hanging out. Right. And we're at the beach. And one of the guys that was in the second pew is like, Where's your wife? Uh she's so and so. Uh yeah, you better you better watch her when she's, you know, at this bar. I mean, she gets out of control. And everyone just stopped. And the dude immediately realized what he had done. And the you know, the husband's like, 
dude. You know, he's like, my bad, man. I forgot. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, hey, golly. that's tough. That's tough right there. Yeah, you got to know your environment, man, and know who you're dealing with. Oh, man. But that wraps up our show here. We'll be back next week to talk some more pre-camp uh, topics that pop up here. So you can find us on the podcast ecosystem. What's it? It's iHeart and Pandora. Uh, I, I found out one called Buzzsprout. It's Buzzsprout. That's a yep. whole new podcast neighborhood. I never knew until last week. Um, you know, get stuff transferred over to there as well. And so you can follow me on my uh, on the screen here, my Amon Green Thirty. That's my Instagram and, and Twitter. And Mike, let everybody know where they can uh, find you at. Yeah, Mike Wall sixty eight on Twitter. Process to perform Instagram. Ag as always. It was a pleasure, bud. Same here. Doing good. Talk to you later, Mike. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.